0: We are on Yevamos, the very bottom of Ayn Aleph Amen um of 71b, moving on to Ayn Beys Amen um Aleph, 72a. And the Gemara asks the following question: Uba midbar, my time lo moho. It's really a continuation of the previous topic, uh, but the Gemara asks, why was it that in the desert, when the Jews were in the desert for 40 years, we know that they did not have a brisk? They did not. Uh, to a Mila. they did not have a circumcision, except for the tribe of Levi, the Leviim, did circumcise their children, but everybody else, the rest of the Jews, did not. Why not? Why didn't they have a circumcision? Two answers that are found in the Ebay, same orcha. One answer is because of the pain, the difficulty while they are traveling, and even though it's true, they did have long stops, but uh, the way it worked was that God decided at the spur of the moment that at any moment they could have to, they'd be required to get up and go on their journey. And so at every day, it was with uncertainty as to whether or not today was a travel day or not. And so because of the difficulty that was involved with traveling, therefore they cannot perform a bris mila. They cannot have a circumcision. It would take time to heal. And they didn't know at what point in time they would have to get up and start moving. Be Isema. Uh, a second answer is, Because they did not have the wind from the north. The wind from the north provided some level, a significant level of comfort, so that it wasn't so hot in the desert. They didn't have that, and so therefore, uh, the circumstances were such that it's just too difficult to have a circumcision. The Tanya, as the Brisa says, The entire 40 years that the Jews were in the desert, they never had the north, northern wind. Why not? My Also, two reasons why they didn't have this northern wind. Why, why didn't they have it? Either because they were being punished. What were they being punished for? This was either a punishment for the sin of the golden calf, or a punishment for the sin of the spies, different, different opinions that are found amongst the commentators of the Gebarah. Uh, but as a punishment for this, they did not have the northern wind. It was very, very hot and stuffy in the desert. And alternatively, the uh, low Nivdod The other reason is because there's this miraculous the clouds of glory. And we just completed the holiday of Sukkot. The Sukkot, according to uh, according to one opinion in the Gemara and the Talmud. Uh, it's really representing the clouds of glory The massive miracle that occurred with the clouds of glory the, All of the protection that they had But at the same time it says that where Gemara That even though it prodi- provided all this protection And more and many more miracles Through the clouds of, clouds of glory But at the same time it prevented the northern wind from coming And since the northern wind was not coming Therefore it was very very hot And they couldn't perform the mitzvah of brismila, The mitzvah of having a circumcision It's fascinating that uh, the the Ananiya Kavod, the miracle of the Ananiya Kavod, was so great. It, it and Hashem provided the clouds of glory, even to the point where nobody for forty years went through and, and had a circumcision outside the tribe of Levi, except for the Levim. They they went out of their way to have a circumcision. So the Gemara says, Rapa Then adds to this, and he says, Yoma Deva Bevelo Misoch Rainen Be. He says, Repuppa says that on a day, he says, therefore, it has practical ramifications, says Repuppa. We'll see that it's not practical for today, but in his day they had practical ramifications, that on a cloudy day, or in a day where there is the southern wind, which was a very strong wind, uh, and it makes it difficult to go through a circumcision. So he says, you're not, you shouldn't have a circumcision on those days. You should hold off on the circumcision. You should also not do bloodletting. Uh, They used to do bloodletting, they shouldn't do bloodletting on those days because those were days of danger. And you shouldn't do it. And then the Gemara concludes and says, But today, Vayidna nowadays, very important line, which has very many significant ramifications, the dashubrabim, Shomer Psalm Hashem. But now that it's become so common to have a circumcision on those days or to have bloodletting on those days, it's something that's referred to as Shomer Psalm Hashem, that Hashem protects those uh, that put themselves in these situations. Then Hashem will protect them if it is common. If it's something which is normally done, they're willing to take the risk, so then it is allowed. That has significant ramifications to many things, including uh, very modern-day issues, current issues, as to how much of a risk is a person allowed to take uh, in terms of danger, in terms of danger of one's own life, Right now, it seems to be that it's, they're only discussing one's own life, not about putting somebody else's life in danger. But it says that if it's something which the major, many people, not necessarily, the yeah, the, it seems like many people, doesn't say majority explicitly, but many people, they, they are willing to take such a risk, so then you're allowed to take that risk. You would be allowed to take that risk, and there's a concept that God will protect those if they are just following the ways of, of the many, of, of what, most, what most people are doing. Uh, so there's a very important uh, halacha that stems from this. Continues the Gemara, Rabban, and it's taught in a <speaking in Hebrew> That even though there was no northern wind during the day, you're only allowed to have a circumcision at, by day, uh, but uh, there was always a northern wind which came exactly at midnight. Not at a time when you're allowed to do a circumcision, but it happened exactly at midnight how do we know uh, because the verse says uh, that uh, Hashem killed all the firstborns in the middle of the night uh, and it's coming to teach us that the middle of the night midnight is really an ace Ratzon. it's a time where Hashem has rahmim, has pity for the Jewish people he, he cares and he wants for the Jewish people specifically at midnight, specifically at midnight, and this also has ramifications uh, at the very beginning of the Shulchan Aruch, of the code of law, the main code of law. It discusses there, uh, they, they discuss there the, the, the concept of really um, davening and praying over the destruction of the Temple, specifically in the middle of the night at Chatzos, smack in the middle of the night, um, that uh, at midnight, uh, the Halachic Midnight, that a person should pray at that time why? because of our Gemara because our Gemara says that midnight is an Es Ratzon it's a time of of where Hashem is uh, wants to have that connection and He wants to wants to hear our Tfilos and He wants to help He wants to hear our prayers and He wants to help okay that is the end of the discussion of what, what took place in the desert we'll begin a new topic and we'll continue this topic in the next recording as well uh says the Gemara, Amr of Hunar of Huna says, Interesting case. We're discussing well, a lot of these cases are discussing the concept the mitzvah of mitzvah circumcision. And when somebody's not circumcised, they're viewed as an RL, they're viewed as somebody who has the Halachic status of an RL, they're not allowed to eat They can't eat from the Pesach offering. Now, what happens if you have somebody who had a circumcision, but uh, as time went on the skin drooped down so it doesn't look like a circumcision They, the person had a circumcision but it doesn't look like a circumcision anymore so do they have are they required to do a new one so we will see two opinions in the Gemara that say that yes they are required uh, perhaps maybe there's even a third opinion that says that they're not required to go through a circumcision but we'll see in the argument that there are different opinions some say that yes they are required the question is is it on a biblical level or is it on a rabbinic level so it comes with Huna. And says that it's only on a rabbinic level because it looks like they didn't have a circumcision. So let them go through another circumcision. Uh, but there are those who say that, no, it's, it's really on a biblical level. They're obligated to go through a circumcision, which is an interesting dispute to think about that uh, when a person goes through a circumcision, do we say that it's a one-time deal, That's a one-time mitzvah, you do it once in your life and you're done? Or do we say that, no, if it comes back, if the skin comes back or if it looks like it's back, so then... Even on a biblical level, do we say that you're required to do the bris again? Because it's not its not just a, you do it once and that's it. Any time that there's skin on that area, so then you're required to perform a new bris milah, uh, even on a biblical level. So that's the dispute. Rufuna says that no, you wouldn't, you're not required to. It's only—it's a one-time deal, uh, and it's only required on a rabbinic level. That is the position of Ravuna. So the Gemara says... Ah, mesave. We have the following question from a brisa. The brisa says, "Mashach sheim." It says that somebody who uh, has this uh, drooped skin and it looks like they weren't circumcised, but they really were. They need it to have another circumcision. Uh, so the question is that it seems like that's on a biblical level. Like gemara says, "What are you talking about?" Midrash It That's referring to on a rabbinic level. How is this even a question on Ravuna? We're talking about on a rabbinic level. But why would you even ask the question it says that you need to have a circumcision it means on a rabbinic level it's even it's, the words is the word is that they need they need could be on a it sounds like it's even on a rabbinic level so why would you think that this is a question under Ravuna, that this brysa sounds like it's on a biblical level it seems pretty clear that it's on a rabbinic level that's the question of the gemara so the gemara says no the question was not really coming from the from that statement it was really coming from the end of this brisa he made a mistake in the end. What does it say in the end? Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says, If you, the skin is drooped, you do not do any circumcision. Why? Because this is it's dangerous. If they already had a circumcision, then to do it again a second time is dangerous. It's dangerous to do that. The rabbi said back, Amr Lo, What are you talking about? There are many people in the days of Bar Kochva, Bar Kochva, uh, and during the days of Bar Kochva, which is referred to, he's referred to in the Gemara as Ben Koziva, uh, during his days, there are many people who uh, continue to have children after they already, uh, when they did a second circumcision as well, uh, they continue to have children. So it's not a danger. They were asking Rabbi Yehuda. the says, "Don't go through the circumcision the second time." They said back, "What are you talking about? We have proof. We know that they that they did go through circumcisions multiple times." And I can even prove it to you. Shenamar, the verse says, Himol, Himol. The v- these, are, p'sukim, these are verses found in the beginning of the Torah. In bracious uh, Himol, Himol. Afilu mei We've been a hundred times. You could go through a circumcision. And the Torah also says, Vomar, Zabrusi Heifar. The Rabbah says, uh, Right? We have multiple verses that say that they're allowed to go through uh, multiple circumcisions. Ma'ev Omer, the Gemara says parenthetically, Why do we need two verses? Why is it necessary? They brought two proofs. From the verse, why do you need two proofs? This is a parenthetical point where it says, "Because you might have thought that the first verse, the fact that it says yimol' that you go through a circumcision, it repeats it twice. Maybe it's not there to tell you you are allowed to have multiple circumcisions. Maybe it's there to tell you that uh, there are tzitzin, there are certain parts which are the outer parts, or the, the, the seemingly the secondary parts. It's there to tell you that it's, those parts are required." you uh you need to to remove those parts in order to fulfill the mitzvah of the circumcision so that's what you might have thought the first verse is teaching you so that's why you need the second verse the second verse comes along and tells you that uh, also that if you if you do second circumcision so then uh, that would work as well or that's necessary to go through second cir- circumcision so that's the point so who so, so the question on Ruhuna was that we see from this whole back and forth between Rehud and the Chacham, and the Chacham are quoting psukim, they're quoting verses from the Torah. So the question was, our original question was, you're quoting verses from the Torah that you're allowed to, or that you need to have a, a circumcision, a second circumcision if the skin droops down, and it looks like the, he never had a circumcision to, to begin with. These are all verses from the Torah. It sounds like it's on a biblical level. that on a biblical level, it's required. It's not just a one-time deal that you go through circumcision once. No, every single time you have to go through another circumcision on a biblical level. So the Gemara answer is no, but that's not really true. You can't. It's not a, it's not a rejection of a puna because, because the answer, the response to that is that when we quoted these verses, it's not really on a biblical level. It's something that's referred to as an asmachta. It's really on a rabbinic level, but they bring a hint. They have some reference to it from the Torah to, to, to hint to their, to their point, to the, to the position of the rabbis. But really this is all on a rabbinic level. This whole idea is on a rabbinic level. That's the position of, of Vahuna, that all of this is on a on a rabbinic level. Um, so that is that is the beginning of this conversation. This is the position of Huna that it's all on a rabbinic level. We will see as we continue on in the Gemara in the next recording. They'll ask certain questions on this. They'll have a different approach. That Maybe that this is really two different opinions. One is that it's on a biblical level. Maybe. Um, and that another one is on a rabbinic level. We'll see a continuation of the discussion in the next recording.